have supported them for many, many years. Larry and Pam are an exceptional team. They complement each other extremely well. Uh, the Lord calls people at times for special places and special works, and indeed he has done that with Pam and Larry. They started off in the mid-1985 or so and worked with churches in Switzerland and then found an opportune time with the fall of the Berlin Wall to work in Germany, which I think is really where their heart is and has been always. And for 19 years, they were in the city of Chemnitz, Germany. And in 2011, they decided to make a move to Leipzig, a city about an hour or so from Chemnitz, much larger city of about 500,000 people, and I believe had no presence of the church in Leipzig whatsoever. As we're all aware, in eastern Germany, they had been subject to a totalitarian regime for many, many years, and generations grew up thinking that the state was more or less where you got your, uh, all your knowledge of everything. So it has been quite a challenge for them, and they have worked extensively in that area. I know for those of you who heard my mission report that, that I gave uh, several months ago, I asked Lair, uh, Emily and, and uh, Jacob Holloman to write a letter, uh, which I used part of that material at, at my report to the congregation at that time. And both of them just kept on saying at how much this couple worked. And we know from our other missionaries that it's a 24-7 job, particularly through the program of Let's Start Talking, which uh, is an English language program to teach uh, English to citizens of those various countries. But they have used that very effectively. And so, indeed, we're most fortunate this morning to have Larry and Pam with us to tell us about our brothers and sisters in the country of Germany. Larry. I have to say, Charlie really did his homework. <laughs> we, uh, I don't remember where it was, but uh, someone introduced us as Larry and Pam Sullivan from Helsinki. Helsinki, I've never been there, but uh, it's nice when someone knows who you are, at least. We're grateful to be here. It's always a pleasure. Pam is from Carlsbad, and so we're spending our Christmas in Carlsbad. Uh, both of our children, or all three of our children now, are there. So we're going to have a great time looking forward to sharing together. And, and I want to just throw in and urge every one of you who can to be here for the Bible class time. Uh, we're going to be showing some slides about our work, about the place that we live, a lot of pictures of people that we're involved with. And it'd be great to have you there as well. I hope you can, you can do that. I know we're all ready, aren't we, for Christmas? We've got everything wrapped. Everything's under the tree. We're all ready to go. Uh, we've got batteries for our cameras. We're all ready to take pictures. We're all ready for those Kodak moments 
that we're going to keep and remember for generations, right? We're all ready for that. It's always interesting for me, and we were looking at pictures yesterday of our children, and Pam's sister and brother-in-law are also in Carlsbad, and we were looking at pictures from way back when the kids were so small. And it was interesting, the things that you remember and the things that you forget. How many, how many vacations have you been on in the last 20 years, 30 years? And how many of those little souvenirs have you picked up along the way? And to put them on a shelf for a while, sometimes we collect spoons or we collect little figurines or what a, I don't know what it is you collect. But it's interesting how after a generation or so, those get thrown in a box and they're gone. We forget about them. One thing that I like to do, anyone who knows me well knows that I like old things, furniture, antiques. I've always loved old things and it's it's been very interesting in the last 20 years that we've been in the former East Germany to go along the streets because I have to tell you there the apartments are small and when you someone in your family dies eventually grandparents or aunt and uncle or something and and it's been left to you to clean up their apartment a lot of times you don't know what to do with their stuff so they'll sell it or they have companies that'll come in and clean it out or they'll throw it in a dumpster and it's heartbreaking for me to go by these dumpsters and pull out things that, uh, I'm a dumpster, what do they call that here? Dumpster diver. To, to, to go through these things and find those souvenirs or those remembrances of, of family from way back. And I've got some photo albums that I've picked up of families from the 1910s or 20s. Things that would be precious to us in most cases but have been thrown away. They have no more meaning. A lot of souvenirs are like that. You find them in garage sales for a quarter or a nickel. But how about trophies that we've collected? We stayed in some, uh, one, of, one of my cousin's house in La Mesa a few weeks ago, and we stayed in their son's room, and the whole shelf along the, around the top was filled with trophies of basketball and football and all of the sports he was involved in. And once a year, I guess she goes in and blows the dust off of them and then puts them back on the shelf again. I have a trophy. 1974 North Dakota Bible Bowl trophy. 1974. First place. About this tall. You know where it's at? In a box in a storage unit somewhere in Oklahoma. It'll get thrown away one of these days. I say all that for this reason. We collect things like that. Souvenirs, they're great. Trophies, they're very nice. But with time, they deteriorate. And they end up in the garbage pile often. What can we give? What can we collect? What can we do that we'll remember through the years? Well, that's the question for today. What kind of things are we leaving behind for the next generation? We're going to be giving a lot of gifts in the next days. A lot of things that, yeah, I remember as a parent, you know, getting up early and putting the toys together and, and being so excited about what the kids were going to have. And then they get up early, you know, and we had to have this rule. I don't know if you had it. You don't get out of bed before 7 o'clock on Christmas morning. Does it never works, but they... 
they rush downstairs and they want to see what's under the tree and, and they dig through all of those packages and some of those things are precious to them, but other things get thrown aside. They play with them for a few days and then they're gone. What can we give that will keep on giving? What can we give that will leave a legacy for these children? Those who have been involved in preaching or teaching, I know Lance could, would, would probably say amen to this, as well as many others, especially those who have worked on the mission field, how important it is that we leave something behind that will keep on growing, not our names, not our remembrances, not souvenirs, not, not trophies, but something that will keep on giving. And a passage that has become very precious to us through the years is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, where we read the following, uh, written by Timothy, or written by Paul to Timothy. Paul was a mentor. And you know, Timothy and Titus and other young men were his mentorees. And he gave them something that they could keep giving. And he writes in chapter 2 of Timothy, in verse 2, The things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. And you know, I think if we read the abridged version, maybe, of the New Testament, we would read a verse that just kept on going. Give these things to reliable men who will be faithful to give them to others, who will be faithful to give them to others, who will be faithful to give them to others. That's the way it ought to be. That's the gift that keeps on giving for generations. That's the way the church keeps on growing for generations. It's a beautiful thought. It's a beautiful plan. But how do we do that? Giving a legacy or leaving behind a legacy in the form of of other people. Maybe in the form of, of good deeds that we leave behind. Leaving a legacy behind in the form of of words or the love that we leave behind, the teaching that we leave behind. Those things that can go on for generations. An example, Apostle Paul was a, a powerful teacher and preacher. But what he left behind in the form of his legacy, the, the legacy that had been left for him through Jesus Christ or from Jesus Christ, is one that we want to talk about briefly in our time today. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to ask you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and beginning in verse 11. Paul says, Command and teach these things, and don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But Timothy set an example for the believers. Set an example. Leave a legacy for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith. And in purity, the spiritual legacy that Paul left to Timothy was one that he was to continue giving throughout his life, throughout his ministry. And it involved leaving behind, first off, a legacy in the form of words. Yes, we could say Timothy left a legacy in the form of his teaching that Paul had given. Like, well, like we read in, in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2. But the idea here is also the way we speak, the way we respond, the, the words that we speak to one another 
leaves behind a legacy. Parents, here's a good point to remember if you haven't already thought about it. You know, we can leave our kids a great alba. What do we say? What's an alba, Pam? And in, a great inheritance. We can leave them behind houses and bank accounts. But are we leaving them a legacy in the words that we speak to them? That's the most precious thing. Do you know, ask a psychologist, that blessing that parents give their children is much more important than any inheritance we can leave for them. Children suffer through their lives, and maybe that's been the case in your life. Children a lot of times suffer through life because they never had that blessing from their father or their mother. I know it was in my family. My father was not one to, to give out flowery words or I love yous or you did a good job. But I'll never forget the day that he handed me a Bible, Thompson Chain Reference, ASV, the old American Standard Version, black leather with a gold, you know, I still have it. And the words that he wrote in the front are precious to me today. The most precious thing I own. Words of encouragement. Words of blessing. Parents, leave your kids a legacy of words, of blessing, that they can take with them throughout their lives. Words that build up. Words that are positive. Words that will continue to bless them. Secondly, Paul says, Timothy, be an example. Leave behind a legacy of love. Leave behind a legacy that, that you can share with others. That's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? The legacy of love. I read a story about a, a teacher in the fourth grade. Uh, Mrs. Schmidt, I'll use a German name. Mrs. Mrs. Smith, I guess we'd call her here, but... I can't even get it out without the German accent. I'll say Mrs. Smith. That's easier to say. Mrs. Smith had been teaching for a lot of years. She had a student in the fourth grade, Timmy, who just was a poor student. He was, he was good to make D's. And all the other children kind of laughed at him. He was ungainly and awkward. Uh, Mrs. Smith really didn't care much for him either. He was a poor student. He didn't try. He didn't make any effort. She learned through the year that his father didn't treat him very well. His mother had died a year before. And it came to Christmas time, like Lance was talking about, where the children always brought those gifts. But back then, I guess, I remember in my day, we brought gifts for our teachers, little things. And all of those kids brought these beautiful little gifts that were all wrapped up, special things that they'd prepared or their parents had bought for the teacher. And little Timmy brought a brown paper sack that had been taped together with masking tape. It was ugly. And all the kids laughed when he brought it up to the desk and set it on Mrs. Smith's desk. And she opened it up, you know, and inside was a, a half-empty bottle of the cheapest perfume you could find, and a plastic bracelet, and most of the jewels had fallen out. Well, all the kids really hoo-hawed when they saw that. And she put it on her wrist, and she said, oh, how nice. And she put a little bit of, dabbed a little bit of that perfume on there. 
And all the kids laughed, of course, and made fun of Timmy. But after class, Timmy came up to her and he said, Mrs. Smith, that bracelet really looks good on you. And that perfume makes you smell like my mother. Makes me think of my mom. Well, she looked at that child and the other children differently for the rest of the year. And determined to leave them something through her example. And she did that. Timmy, unfortunately, was, went to another school the next year. His dad got a job in another city. And so they moved. And she didn't hear from him for years. And it was several years, in fact, about eight years later, that she got a note from Timmy and says, Dear Mrs. Smith, I just wanted you to know that I graduated from high school. I made pretty good grades, and I'm going on to college. Well, four years later, sure enough, she got another card from me and said, Dear Mrs. Smith, I graduated from college. Can you believe that? Had you ever thought? Years later, she got another card from Timmy and it said, Dear Mrs. Smith, my name is now Dr. Timothy uh, Schmutter, I think was his name in German. said, I wanted you to know that I finished medical school going to begin my residency very soon. And by the way, my father died last year, and I'm going to be married. He said, I'd like you to come to the wedding. He said, I'd like you to sit where my mother would have sat, because, you know, you've had such an influence on my life that one year, leaving behind a legacy of love. Paul says to Timothy, Be an example to people in your words. Be an example to others in your your life and in your love, the way you live, the way you love, in your faith. Parents, let's leave our children a legacy of faith. The way we respond to the Word of God, showing what we really believe. And finally, Timothy is told, leave behind a legacy of purity. What do we give our kids today? How do we respond to the onslaught of impurity and immorality? Uh, I have to tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's always shocking when we come to the States, but it's shocking in a different way because Europe is probably one of the most immoral societies on the planet of the earth. Uh, and it's, it's open. But when we come to the States, it's, it, we see it in a different way. You don't see the billboards like we see and the blatant sexuality and immorality, but you see it in the television, don't you? Day by day, it's this onslaught of immorality. How do we respond to that, and what do we give our kids? What kind of a legacy do we leave them in faith and in purity? What kind of a legacy do we leave our co-workers, the people that we go to school with, young people? What kind of an example are we leaving for the, 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 the guys and girls that we go to school with? Paul says, Timothy, do what you can to leave an example. Do you remember the words of, of Jesus in John chapter 13? Through this will all men know that you're my disciples? How? 
that you wear a tag up here that says Joe Christian? That you have a Bible under your arm all the time? By this will all men know that you're my disciples and that you love one another? What an example we can leave behind in faith, in purity, in life, in love, in word. My grandpa Stumbo, E.L. Stumbo, good Dutch German name, preached for about 60 years in Kansas and parts of Oklahoma. Farmer, hands that we call, we call them sausage hands. He had fingers about this long and they were about this big around. Uh, but boy, he was a tough character. Eighty years old, he moved to Eudora, Kansas and bought his first house. My grandma had died and he remarried, childhood friend. He bought his first house. And you know what he did was start planting rose bushes out in front. He loved his roses. But not only that, he planted fruit trees everywhere. And my uncle, my great uncle Aubrey, was visiting one time and one of the neighbors on the street saw him and said, do you know this guy that lives in his house? And he said, yeah, sure. He says, he's crazy. He's planting fruit trees. He's 80 years old. What's the sense in that? He was leaving behind a legacy. Leaving behind something that could keep on giving, keep on producing. And that's what Paul is asking. That's what Jesus is asking from us, isn't it? Jesus Christ, our Savior, we've just celebrated his death and his resurrection, left behind a legacy for us. Imprinted on our hearts, something that we can keep on giving. Regardless of what age we are. Think about parents. Think about it. Workers. Think about it. Students. What kind of an example a legacy we can leave behind for those who are coming after us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you deserve all the praise, all the adoration, all the thanks that we can muster because you alone are worthy for all that you've given us. In our most hopeless state, you have chosen to love us Even at the time when we were your enemies through our sin, you loved us and sent Jesus. What a gift. Father, and that legacy lives on, hopefully, in our lives. Give us the strength to do that, to live this legacy, to share it with our children, to share it with those around us. Father, work in us, live in us, shine through us. Thank you for Jesus, and we praise you and pray through his name. Amen. Yeah, that's right. In a couple of days comes that great day of giving. What better way to celebrate it than to be a child of God, to accept the gift in faith that God has given us to become a Christian. If you have that need today, or you need to to redo your life, to start over. We, we serve a God of renewal, of second chances. And this is an opportunity expressed to express your faith to this congregation of believers. If you have a need, come while we stand and sing the song that's been selected, Jesus is Lord. Let's stand together.